We've had a phenomenal weekend. We've heard of healings. We've heard the sound. God has been moving in this place in an incredible, incredible fashion. And I was thinking, I got it wrong a while ago. For me and some of us, this is actually round six. Because there was a group of us that met also Saturday morning, leaders and foundations, what have you. So this is round six for some people, huh? Mm -hmm. Wow, praise yeah. God. I want to introduce to you all of our ministers, and then I'm going to introduce to who's going to share. And then at the end of the service or towards the end of the sermon, however God leads, God's been leading every service, the Holy Spirit, differently because we believe, hey, yo, the Holy Ghost is in control. We say, hey, yo, the Holy Ghost is in control. We say, hey, yo, the Holy Ghost is in control. We say, hey, yo. The Holy Ghost is in control. Amen? So, first of all, I'd like to... Pastor Mark, would you just raise your hand there? This is Pastor Mark Strong. He's, I didn't want him to stand up. He's been preaching his, all weekend. And he's the pastor at Life Change Christian Center in Portland, Oregon. Just a wonderful, wonderful human being. Man of God. Wonderful family. Uh, he was one of our founding elders when we planted the church a little bit over eight years ago. And then Pastor Sue is here with us. Of course, Pastor Bob's wife, and they pastor City Harvest Church. Been my pastor for many, many, many years. Been in our life for over 20 years. Our rivers run deep. Our waters run real deep. And he's still the apostolic covering here at the church. And so if something happens to me, if, something, if I go crazy, Pastor Bob comes on up, you know what I'm saying? J.O., sit down. Chill out, man. <laughs> God takes care of us. This morning, our last service, I've asked Pastor Bob to, to preach, to share. He's a leader of leaders. Uh, he's one of the assistants in MFI. Do you ever still oversee South, Africa, uh, South America? Oversee the, inter the international... Oh, so he's over all of international yeah. throughout the globe. He's an amazing teacher, prophetic teacher. He just lays the word of God in your heart. Um, and that's what he does. Would you do me a favor and welcome a huge Heart of the City Church welcome to Pastor Bob. Sue has a word for herself and the pirate. Right now? Yeah, for me. Hey Amen. Thank you very much. My wife is burning with a word that I want her to give, and so we're going to give her the mic right now. I told you, hey, yo, the Holy Ghost is in control. Well, thank you. I just had this word for Seth and Micaiah. I, did I say that right? Can I just, um, it was actually from yesterday, and I just know that you guys, um, uh, you know, just have such a heart for this house, obviously, your kids of the house. I have a, um, just a word about the creativity and the grace that's on you guys, that there is a, a power encounter in the area of the arts that is a collision in this county, in this community, a collision of light against darkness, and you will find yourselves on the front line of this collision 
to restore worship, to restore the heart of God, to restore what it is to be abandoned to the presence of God in the arts. Oh, as you guys step foot in this realm, there will be even spiritual battlefields that you would not choose of your own strength, but God will give you the strength to endure, to be able to press back against the agenda of, of man, of staleness, of old traditions. God will give you even, an, a, even a strength to press back against the demonic that wants to shut the mouths of his people, that wants to shut down people's hearts of worship and passion and abandon, even in this state, in this county and over the state line. I believe God is going to use the two of you to restore even uh, other kinds of arts into the, into the church. That as people, as I had a word yesterday, uh, an artist that came to my mother's estate sale that took uh, a whole bunch of rusty nails out of the garage, and I said, what are you going to do with that? And he said, I, I'm, I'm paid and commissioned to uh, just find a bunch of metal objects for an artist in Santa Monica, and, and just old rusty metal that he would make beautiful and sell for millions of dollars. Who would know? But God is going to do that in you. He's, he's going to use the two of you to raise up even a beautification of the people of God as they praise, as they worship, as they dance, as they do even graphic arts, even uh, uh, just, you know, art, artistic mediums that will beautify, but will really be to give a praise to the house. I pray over the two of you. I didn't get to go to your wedding, but I just uh, prayed for you, and I continue to pray that the two of you are a strong team. God is going to do a unique thing in you, even in other lands and coming back and forth. You have a mantle on the two of you to break open, break chains off of people bound in sin and bondage. You have a mantle on the two of you to take even your, the authority that I've given your, your father and your mother to uh, loose the captives free. I give that to you, says the Lord. Amen. She's uh, kind of a crying prophetess. <laughs> we, she cries easy. We get in fights. She starts crying. I start yelling at her that she's cheating. <laughs> she's manipulating the situation. I, okay, we can be mad at each other. We start crying. Then you got I got an unfair advantage over me. I, I didn't bring any estrogen to the table. Actually, she, uh, she got involved in the prophetic. She was kind of getting pushed into it, didn't have much confidence in it. And, and one day, <clears throat> we were going to preach at our church on Sunday morning and go to Seattle and minister at City Church when Wendell Smith, Judah Smith's dad, was pastoring the church. Mark used to go up there. They used to have these prophetic commissionings on Sunday evening and put one of us in one room with a bunch of people. And there was a huge church spread out all over the place. And Sue got up in the morning. She said, I had the strangest dream. I said, well, what was it, honey? And she said, she said, well, in the dream, it was Wendell Smith, and he was pointing his finger at me, 
and he was commanding me, prophesy. So that was a nice dream. Okay, that's nice. So we get down to church, drive up two hours to Seattle, do our thing up there, and I'm ministering over a, a young man. I'll never forget this. And my wife kind of gets out of the first row. She comes over to this young man. She says, you know what? Just like David was the youngest of you know, seven brothers, you're the youngest of four. Word of knowledge. And God just started ministering. My daughters, just all four of my daughters are there going, what happened to mom? <laughs> and uh, she just had to step out. Sometimes we just have to step out and wait, wait, wait into the water and, uh, <clears throat> and test this thing and exercise faith and move forward. Let me, let me just, before I just get into a quick word and we're going to minister here, first it's just been a tremendous blessing to be with J.O. and Ray D. and they're a great honor for my wife and I and for Mark. And just, but I, I've been blessed uh, by just seeing great grace upon this house. I mean, great grace. Uh, J.O., you just got an army of preachers here. I mean, Connor threw down today, Craig can throw down, Seth can pray the paint off the wall, you know, and, you know, it's just, uh, you just kind of see this all over the place. There's a bunch of young, young, it's all right, it's just the anointing. <laughs> it just happens all the time when I'm preaching. Things, are, things fall and... Is that the fire scene? Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, yeah. First the natural, then the spiritual, yeah. Well, there's just something here in this place that uh, is powerful. I believe, very quickly, if you can keep the same loving community where you just love people radically. There's just something about people being loved, living in community, living in relationship, living real. If you can keep doing that, you can keep praying like you've been praying. I know it's hard to keep that type of level of prayer up, but, but, you, but you can pace this thing, strategize it. Don't let the prayer go down. Keep it up. Remember, every time Moses' hands went down against the great battle against Amalek in Exodus 17, Amalek, which is a picture of the flesh, prevailed. Every time his hands stayed up, Joshua, which is a picture of the spirit, prevailed. So how do we maintain that is really kind of in your lap. If you can maintain that, if you can keep loving the presence of God, you love the presence of God here. You love the glory of God. You love Jesus showing up in this house. You can start stirring yourself up in faith to believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Come on, do you believe that, that these things are for today? You know, you know, we've kind of gone through a little Pentecostal identity crisis in the last 15 years. I don't, I, and I, I don't mean to be weird. I don't like being a weird Pentecostal charismatic, but I really don't. I mean, people do weird things. They, they, they just do. You know, a lady called me up at my house one time, and pastor, hi, Pat, how are you? Good, I had a vision of you. And, you know, really, what was it? She said, we were in a brown suit, and you're in front of the church, we were running a school at the time, and she says, you grabbed your chest and fell over in the front row. Said, okay, what does this mean, Pat? She goes, well, it's your vision. <laughs> now, I've never worn a brown suit since, but, <laughs> but I uh, just can't bring myself to wear that brown suit, you know what I mean? But, you know, just people doing weird stuff or just kind of looking at you, piercing through like they're scanning you, like they, they got some prophetic x-ray. They're just getting, I don't like diving into people's souls, you know. You got to be gentle when you have people. And just people just, you know, I, 
I see butterflies. Okay, you know, I see things all over you. And uh, what's well, dandruff? I, I, uh, kind of flakes sometimes. If you can just, just stir the gift up, be spiritually natural, naturally spiritual, believe in faith, you're going to see miracles here. Healings. Things that people can't explain. Their whole life journey is miraculous. I remember anointing her with oil in Boise, Idaho. And they were going to cut her all up because she was in, just impacted with cancer. Only for God to miraculously deliver her. I remember that day. I remember J.L. saying, test her one more time. At the anger of the doctor, only to say, there's nothing here. Come on, they, they've lived this. This is their journey. This is who they are. Come on, we've seen people have their mail read. We've seen people have the, the prophetic insight about who they are, about confirmation of their dreams. But we've also seen healings and people getting touched and people getting delivered. Keep it up. And the last ingredient is just start loving the community and loving people and have that thing I preached on whenever I preached it. Come and see. Come and see. Get a come and see spirit in this house. Just come and see. You're going to see salvations at a higher increase. You're going to see miracles at a higher increase. It's going to explode. I prophesied Friday night. I believe the word of the Lord. You're going to get on the map. You're going to be a church that's known. I was, in, I was in Montana here last fall, a year ago. I was just talking to a guy. He says, oh, yeah. He was, he was kind of a head over the kind of a Baptist denominational segment, kind of traveled around the Northwest. And he was just talking to my friend, another pastor. Yeah, I, I, when I'm in town in Coeur d'Alene, I go to that church with my daughter, you know, Heart of the City Church. And that other pastor says, well, that church is planted out of Bob's church. You see, people know you. You're, 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 you're getting known. You're going to get known nationally. Yet you buckle your seat. And not that you're doing this to be known. You're, you guys are just bananas for Jesus, and I love it. You're just bananas for Jesus. What is a Christian? You're just bananas for Jesus. You know, that's, that's what you are. And as you are, and you're passionate, you're just going to be known. Throw away anything that anybody puts on you. You've got to do it like this, and do it like this, and do it like this, and kind of stay like this, and stay cool. Bag it. You be who you are. You, you, you put, take off Saul's armor, pick up your five smooth stones, and kill your Goliath. Come on, in your grace and who you are. I watched the, the movie made a few years ago. Billy Bob, Thor Billy Bob Thornton was in it, uh, you know, the Alamo. And uh, he played Davy Crockett. And I loved it at the end. He was kind of the last guy there. He's on his knees for Santa Ana, and they're going to ban at him. And he says, I'm a screamer. And that's what your pastor is. He's a screamer. And, uh, you know, he's just got to be. He just loves the grace of God. He loves the promise of God. He loves Jesus. He's on fire for this thing. Your, your pastor's wife, she's an artist. She's a poet. She's a writer. She's, she's eloquent. And, and that's what they are. Great combination. Rambo, Joan Baez. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of just beautiful combination. Just let this thing fly. You understand what I'm saying? I'm speaking apostolically now. Let this thing fly. And don't just, don't get overcoached by anybody. You do those five things, and there won't be a limit on this place. I'll just be sitting by in my hot tub at home reading about you, 
Look at J.O. Rating go with those people at Heart of the City Church. Let's open up to John chapter 1. I want to talk to you about the glory and the provision. John chapter 1. I've been, I've been meditating and reflecting much about living in a supernatural dimension. It's been kind of my new course. I, 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 I'm kind of like evaluating my life. I'm going through a lot of weird things that you do on your 60th birthday. Yeah, anytime a test comes up to test something, I want to test it, make sure everything's looking good inside. But you start thinking about what you want to do, how you want to finish. And I, and I want to go down swinging when it comes to what I believe is the inheritance of the church. The Bible says to contend for the faith that once for all was delivered to the saints. The faith is the sum total of what we believe. I believe when we put these little WWJD bracelets on, it's incomplete. What would Jesus do? I love that. I want to follow Jesus' example. But it's not what would Jesus do as if he's dead or just historical. It's W-I-J-D. What is Jesus doing? Yes. Well, he's still working in the earth. Yeah. He, he said, I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm going to come to you. It's the power of the presence. And we think the good old days, back when I was down there when Jesus was walking around, well, he's walking around now yeah. in you. You see, and we, I, I believe that this is the inheritance of the church. And if we put the right things together, don't act weird, be full of love, just, you know, don't be wacky in doctrine, you know, just be sound people, love football. Amen, Seahawks. Yes, Seahawks, come on, Craig. That's, that's a great prophecy you gave that, that last service. I, I witnessed to it. It's, it's the Lord. You're just, you're just normal people, but you're different. You got a dimension. You got an edge. You got the Holy Ghost. And you go for it. We build the house of God. We build relationships. And we just tell people about the love of Jesus. Man, you can't lose. You're an unstoppable army. So, John chapter 1, verse 14, it says this And the Word became flesh, the Word being the expression of God's will in verse 1, that was, that was with God and was God, became flesh. And he dwelt among us. He tabernacled among us. He came and lived among us. He became one of us. He walked with us. And we beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, let me just say this about the Gospel of John. John 1 to John 21. The Gospel of John has this theme in it. John's motivation is to show that God was moving through Jesus miraculously. That is the goal of this book. And I don't have time to teach it all, but I can go to you to chapter 2. Nicodemus comes to him in chapter 3 and says, You know, I know you're a teacher come from God because no one can do the miracles that you do unless he came from God. You go to John chapter 4. Jesus gives a word of knowledge to a, uh, a Samaritan woman. He says, Go get your husband. Notice Jesus was natural. Go get your husband. Because they haven't had one. Now the organ doesn't start playing, and Jesus trips on, you know, a 1935 radio voice. Yes, that's right. You've had five. He's just, he says, no, you've had five husbands, and the guy, modern vernacular, that you're shacked up with now is not your husband. She goes, you're a prophet. Then everyone comes out, and everyone doesn't believe because of her word, but because of their own word. 
You go to chapter 5, he, you know, he, he heals the, the lame man at the, at the, pool of, uh, the pool of Bethesda, that he heals him there, and, you know, go, and he has to self-witness before the Pharisees, if you don't believe me, believe me for the very work's sake that I was sent by the Father. God's Father's been working, I've been working. Then he feeds the multitudes and does miracles in John 6, and he says, I'm the bread that came from heaven that feeds you. And then you go on and on and on and on. Tells Martha at Lazarus' tomb, didn't I not see if you, you, you'll see the glory of God? Then he raises Lazarus from the dead. So let's talk about how John conceived glory. John is writing from a Hebrew mindset. And he's right. When he uses the word glory here in verse 14, he's thinking of the Hebrew concept of the word kabod. And that word was the word for glory in the Old Testament that was associated with physical manifestations of the presence of God and mighty acts of the power of God, like the pillar of fire and the smoke that filled the temple. And that was the kabod. It was the glory because it was seen. The word means weight. The weight of his presence came and it was seen and experienced by people. So when John's using glory, he doesn't use the Hebrew kabod. He uses the Greek word doxa, but it means radiance and majesty. But he's still speaking from his Hebrew understanding because the rest of the book is what he's trying to prove. John chapter 2, verse 11. My point is going to be established here. The beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory. We beheld his glory and he manifested his glory. See, the, we think the glory is just Jesus, nice guy. No. What makes us different than the Elks Club, the Rotary Club, the Lions Club? I'm going to tell you what makes us different. The Holy Ghost. Yes. Moses said, if you don't go with us, Lord, then we're not going to go out of here because what will separate us from all the people of the world but that you are with us? That's the cutting edge. I mean, that's the edge that we have. The glory. The power of his presence seen in the miraculous. Now, John chapter 2, verse 1 through 11, we're going to talk about some water being turned into wine. And on the third day, there was a wedding, chapter 2, verse 1, in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, and by the way, we're not here to say drink wine, not drink wine, or make a, a, a position on this, but we've got to talk about the story. I think a lot of, a lot of traditional Christians just kind of dodge around Chapter 2, because they don't know what to do with it. Well, it was grape juice. It's kind of funny. When they drank a lot of this grape juice, they got drunk. <laughs> I don't believe anybody can use this story to substantiate position. You're missing the whole point of the story. You know, I mean, Jesus isn't, isn't telling you to go out and get drunk and stuff. And by the way, these wedding feasts went for a week. Okay, you got to kind of put everything in context, and you don't know how many people were there. Some people kind of interpret this, you know, like 15 people just hanging around with about 150 gallons of booze. <laughs> when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, and by the way, that's not derogatory. He says the same thing to her on the cross when he's given her over to John. 
What does your concern have to do with me? <laughs> that doesn't sound too good, does it? In other words, he's entered his public ministry. I'm under the yoke of my father's voice. I can't be just drawn in with everybody's agenda. Jesus wasn't driven by agenda. He was driven by the voice of the Father. My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, I believe she brought the servants with them, son, we got a problem. This could have been a relative. We ran out of wine. And she just turns to the servants and says, whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were there six water pots. They believed these these water pots were anywhere from about 20 to 30 gallons of water, used ceremonially, containing 20 to 30 gallons apiece. Verse 7, Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Draw some out now, and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, Something just happened. The master of the feast called the bridegroom, and he said to them, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then, then the inferior. Now, that's not because everyone was drunk. That's just because, you know, when you run out of your best stuff, you start using leftovers. But you have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Canaan of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. Now, if you're going to live in this dimension, let me give you right now just six things that the first act of glory that Jesus manifested teaches us about the miraculous. Number one, I don't have a PowerPoint. This is fresh off the press this morning. Number one, it manifests in celebration. There's a feast. He's, Jesus is coming to a wedding. He's coming to a party. You know, one time, one time the Pharisees said, hey, Jesus, how come your disciples are not fasting? He says, while the bridegroom's with them, you don't fast. When we have the presence of God come down and he is doing things, it is not a time to mourn. It is a time to celebrate. So in the midst of celebration, God begins to manifest His glory. We're like kids playing in the glory. I read an account of, of young people who were at the Azusa Revival in 1906. In the Shekinah glory of God, the cloud came in to the livery stable where they met many times, many times. When the cloud was there, there were miracles of miracles, like people growing arms and legs, and they could hear bones snapping, and you know, miracles. It was just phenomenal off the chart. But kids used to play hide-and-go-seek in the glory club. See, God loves a party. And we think that's irreverent. We think it's irreverent to be funny in church. We think it's irreverent to enjoy God. But I'm telling you, when he's present, I think it's reverence to celebrate his goodness. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like those that sing. Then was our tongue filled with laughter, our mouth was singing. The Lord has done good things for us where we are glad. Come on. It manifests in celebration. It also responds to great faith. Now what's interesting here is that Mary, we don't give Mary some credit sometimes. We've got such... Catholic reaction to Mariology that we forget that Mary is a woman of God. And we forget what she went through to be the mother of Jesus. And so here she is. He says, what, what concern, verse 4, 
have I to, what, what have to do with me? It's not a concern for me. My hour has not yet come. It's not time for me to manifest my glory. And this mother just turns like a good Jewish mother. Just do what he tells you to do. <laughs> now, I don't believe Jesus would have turned water into wine outside of the leading of the Father. Because he said, I do nothing except that which I see the Father doing. Amen. However, I think what happened is Mary moved the heart of God by her faith. And the Father said to Jesus, you better do this. <laughs> We're going to see the miraculous take place. We're going to have to have some faith. Just whatever you he tells you to do, you do it. And whatever he tells you to do, you do it. Yeah. Come on. Can you believe? Yeah. All things are possible to those that believe. Amen? Amen. Now, it's quite an art to take, you know, 800, 900 people, get you all believing at the same time, all seeking at the same time. But I think we're there. Wow. And if we can get there and we can believe and seek God and say, man, he can do it. He can turn the water into wine. Man, I'm telling you, this thing's going to go off the chart. It does have a timetable, though. Jesus says, my hour has not yet come. He uses this expression a lot. My hour has not yet come. He uses about his, his death and his resurrection. My hour has not yet come. So it comes with a timetable. My father in the faith, Dick Iverson, his pastor was T.L. Osborne. How many people have ever heard of T.L. Osborne? My pastor is known today, even in Northern Ireland, for miracles and miracles and miracles there. Just things took place with Keith Iverson praying for the sick because he was discipled by his pastor, T.L. Osborne, and he started in the healing ministry at the age of 19, all you young people. He, he went to Jamaica with his brother, put up a sign, healing evangelist. He had never prayed for anybody who ever got healed before. And they bring up a guy with a broken leg, and he says, in the name of Jesus, walk. And the guy fell on his face. Picked him up a second time, in the name of Jesus, walk. The guy fell on his face. He wouldn't quit. Picked him up the third time, in the name of Jesus, walk, and he got healed. Amen. I asked Brother Dick, I said, you know, how did you, how did you get into this thing? He says, you just jumped into the river. Psalm 102 says, for the time to favor her, the set time has come. And I'm going to speak prophetically to you that the set time to favor you has come. You possess Mary's faith with Jesus' miracle ability and the presence and the person of the Holy Spirit that dwells with you. And I'm telling you, you're going to be unstoppable. And it comes without fanfare, the miraculous does. You know, all these servants did, they drew water, and nothing took place. The water pots weren't slain in the spirit. Ho, ho, whoa! There was no earthquake. There was no Mormon tabernacle, hallelujah, of course. They just... Because we got it. See, see, we miss the miraculous because we sensationalize the miraculous versus it's just active all the time. Wow. You know, just get prayed for and all of a sudden something's different. We had a lady in our church, uh, actually Angela's father, who's leading worship today. Her, her father's on staff with me, stood up and he says, there's someone here with a growth on your, and he said it, on your right femur. 
There's a woman in our church. She's part of our church plant in Epicos, uh, the Epicos Church in Bend, Oregon now. She had a growth on her femur, born, uh, femur bone right here. It was a pain. gave her tremendous, tremendous pain. They had a play set outside. She couldn't slide down the slide because of the growth in her hip. And uh, he said it. She st- I said, okay, let's test it. Anybody here? And she stands up. We pray. She just walks to the bathroom. She drops her skirt down to see. It was completely gone. But it was no like, hoo, 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 hoo. Okay. Whoa. It's just gone. So it, it, it was a, so it's a lot of transition from, you know, chemicals changing substance and material things adjusting and body tumors dissolving. It's just natural. It's, it's, it's not... We add all the weird thing. Like, do you have to pray like this? In the name of Jesus, ah! And then you got, you got power. See, that's power. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't have power there. Dick Iverson told me to tell Osborne, he says, power, loudness is not power. No, God's not uptight. You want to get loud, that's who you are. Get loud. But power is not in what I work up. And he said, T.L. Osborne had seven deaf people he said, I'm going to prove power is not noise. And he just whispers in each ear, be open, be open, be open. All seven deaf people were healed. Okay, so, but we got to, in your everyday life, miracles are happening all the time. You got to be looking at them. You got to be watching them. You got to be, I mean, that just, I prayed that and things changed and that happened and I got this bill in the mail that was canceled the debt and they canceled five thousand dollars off my account I, I mean it just it's just natural god just invades but we want we want somehow the hallelujah chorus or we want glitter and we want gold dust or we want to levitate or we want to i'm not saying gold dust don't come okay i'm not judging that at all it could come you can't put god in a box i'm not saying you will never Float up in the air. You can. I've heard of it. Pentecostal revivals. People came in trances and lifted off the ground. Something out of Star Trek. They just had visions. There's record historical eyewitness accounts. Godly people lifted up. Okay, but but if you put the miracles there, you're going to miss the first miracle that Jesus did. Just pour water in the pot. Now draw something out. What happened? What happened? It was a miracle. No fanfare. It comes also because God cares about the things in our life. Now, I'm going to take a lie off of you. And this is the lie. God does miracles in Africa and Bangladesh and India because they're desperate and they're in need of him. And he doesn't do miracles for us because we're a prosperous nation. God cares about your life. And I want to say this. You want to know why we're a prosperous nation? Because we've honored biblical principles. So you may say, well, you know, we're not starving like somebody there. No, but the pain you're going through, the stress you're going through means something to God. Jesus is at a wedding. Making sure the guests have, you know, the the best of wine is not the biggest priority on the list. But he performs his greatest one of his first miracles he manifests his glory in that context so don't think i don't want to bother god god wouldn't do a miracle that way 
Yeah, it will. We can't put, if we're going to deal with this, we can't put, we can't put God in a box. He can, put, he can do miracles in all sorts of different ways, in all sorts of situations. We're just going to believe he's with it. Now, if we're greedy and we're consumed upon ourselves and, you know, James says you don't receive because you ask with the wrong motives. No, we don't want that. But he cares about your life. Everyone say, God cares for me. And just settle that. Therefore, we can ask God. Cast your care upon him, for he cares for you. Lastly, it comes with extravagance. Jesus took these six water pots, and he made 2,400 servings of wine. When God comes and blesses, he comes and he blesses. How would you like, you know, someone gave you a gift, you know, we'll bring up, you know, the ushers up here, we want to appreciate them, you know, we're going to give each of them a Starbucks card, basically what that is, it's 50 cents off your next latte. <laughs> it just doesn't have that same, like, it's like, it's like skimpy, it's, it's, it's a misers, it's, it's not generous, and we actually don't really communicate a whole bunch of love, but when God blesses, he blesses with extravagance. And so let's believe God's going to do some extravagant things. Oh, where's that in the Bible? How about extravagant grace? I mean, God just didn't give a little dab of grace. You needed Niagara Falls grace just to be here. God so loved the world that he what? And I've never known a miser person, a few, who prospered, but I've met a lot of generous people who prospered. Because we just want to funnel. We just want to be like God. My wife can tell you I'm just always just giving money. Just, we just give money. We just write them a check. Let's just throw that in. Let's do that for that couple. We do it all the time. Who can we bless? What do we do? And we, just, we have just learned over the years. We've had 41 people live with us in our house. Amen. Taking care of it. God just keeps paying all our bills. We've never hurt. We've never lacked. And he just, he just throws on us and throws on us and throws us. Two puppy dogs, goodness and mercy. Yip, 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 yip. Follow me all the days of my life. <laughs> Nipping on my heels. So what God's going to do, he's going to do extravagant things. He's going to do things around here that be miracles, but it won't come with fanfare. Just, J.O., I just can't believe what just happened. I mean, i got to call you. I, mean, I can't even believe it. I mean... I mean, you prayed over the phone, and I went into the, you know, the office, and the next thing I know, my headache is, is gone. I, I didn't even realize it went away, but it's gone, you know. We're going to, we've got to start seeing it. We're going to celebrate Jesus. Your celebration levels are going to go higher, deeper, longer. Come on, it's going to come because he's going to respond to your faith. It's going to come at times on his timetable. Sometimes God's going to stop you at points, only for you to seek his mind on what he wants to do. But if you get the mind of God, he will eventually release the blessing because he's, you're, you're doing his bidding. You're following his will. Paul couldn't get into Bithynia or Asia because of the timetable of the Lord. Wasn't there time? What a, says I'm finished, and I'm finished. What, what a house. What a place. Father, bring the miraculous. Bring the miraculous into this house. Lord, we tasted it this weekend. That was sweet, sweet wine you gave us. We tasted it. And we pray now, God, for an increase of the activity of your spirit and the miracle power of God would begin to flow. Would begin to flow. Father, thank you.
You know, I want to give a word to you, if I could. You, you come into the presence like, of God like an athlete getting ready for a workout. You just, business, I'm going to go meet God. It's time for me to go worship, and this is what I'm going to go do. You're, you're serious about God. I mean, no nonsense. We're going to worship God. Me and my house, we're going to serve God. Kids, you don't serve God. You get to die or be alive with me. We're going to serve God. I mean, it's just, I mean, people say things to you. You say, well, I don't believe that. They get kind of dumbfounded. I mean, you just set them straight. There's an authority in you. And God's just going to shower on you a greater growth and influence in your ministry. You're a, you're, a, you're a great person that can stand on the sidelines and cheer on the team on the field and be in the chambers and, you know, just be proud of the person on the stage. But God's going to give you your game. He's going to give you your stage. And uh, you're just going to find yourself having a, a life where people are going to come to you. I need to talk to you. You got coffee time? and Can I call you? And you're just going to feel like, man, they're just pulling on me all the time. Pulling, pulling, pulling. But see, the Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required, and they will ask the more of you. So everyone wants gifts, but part of the price with the gifts is people want the gifts. The gifts are not for us, they're for people. And you have a great gift. You have a, you have a calming word to, to end the storm in people's heads. When they're done with you, they think better. They, they, they've got a better grasp of reality, and here's where God is. You just kind of like a blow dryer. You're blowing the leaves away. You just kind of blow away all the leaves in their head that just got all these false voices. And this is it. This is what God says. This settles it, and boom. There's been in a, a lot of Christians don't have Jesus encounters. They, they just kind of grow up, and I believe, and it's good. They're, they're good people, but you've had a Jesus encounter or even counter Jesus in your life, and he turned the temperature up on you. This encounter made you a radical. I think you were a nice church lady, but he made you a radical. <laughs> and now you're anointed. Now you're dangerous. So Father, I pray in Jesus' name for my sister here. Let grace, great grace, be upon her right now. And Father, the influence that she has, I, I pray that, Lord God, that she would not grow weary in well-doing but she would just say, hey, this is what he said. People are pulling on me, and this is, just, this is just what I do. So the next time you get a phone call, people tugging on you, just say, this is what I'm to do. God's going to give you strength. And I, I want to pray for your finances. I just I don't know why. I just believe there's a provision that God wants for you. I mean, you're kind of paycheck to paycheck on a manna program right now. and I don't believe that's the will of God for you. Amen. So, Father, increase right now. Increase money. God, beyond what she could ask or think, let money come. Let money come into her hands. Let money bless. Let money increase. Father, you're going to honor my sister for her absolute faithfulness and her absolute priority. David said, one thing I've desired and that I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of God all the days of my life. That I may inquire in his temple. That's you. So the blessing of the Lord be upon you.
In Jesus' name, amen. God's, God's good, amen? Amen. Ducks. Is that like the organ ducks? It's too bad. I decided to root for them and then they got killed nationally, but I shouldn't have rooted for them. Amen. I just, I just see God just touching you and, and stirring you and messing you all up. You know, I, it's almost like I, I could go this way and and he said, no, said, no, I don't want to do that because I'm starting to love Jesus like I've never loved before. Maybe I should go this way and then maybe I should go that way. And Lord, what should I, what should I do with my life? I mean, I, I feel like, man, I'm like a dragster at the, at the beginning of the starting gate. And I, I just can't get out of the chute. But man, are you ever revving your engine? Vroom, 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 ready to go, but I don't know where I'm going to go. <laughs> and here's where you're to go. You're to go to the book. I believe you're to set aside this season of your life to eat the word. Eat it, digest it, grow by it. Fill it in your mind, in your heart. I mean, I mean, shut yourself away. Become a theologian. Become a mighty in the scriptures. Become absorbed with seeking this thing. And if you will, you will begin to see the purpose of your life. For you will become a man of the word. This house is going to produce many preachers. It's going to be a house of preachers. It's, oh. going, to, it's going to be preacher competition. It's going to be oh. tag team preachers. It's going to be... They're going to be copying each other and listening to other preachers and trying to sound like them. White guys trying to sound like they're black preachers. And... Some of you will even try to speak in an Australian accent. You know, like that. <laughs> mm. J.O. will keep you all on the straight path. You know that it's got to be who you are in your skin. I mean, I, I just see it. You listen to people on podcasts and watch people and been to conferences, I want to be like that guy and that guy and that guy and that guy. You're you. You are going to be a hilarious, a hilarious communicator of the gospel. I mean, you're going to be, you're going to be, you're going to be like Matt Molt, my man in, at New Vintage. He's one of the funniest guys I've ever met. You know him? Yeah, I raised him up in the ministry. Taught him everything I know. No. You're going to be just like him. You're going to have crowds rolling, and then you're going to hit them with the word. Because you're just not going to be, you know, out being cute. You're going to bring a revelation from the scriptures. You just got this incredible knack to look at life and see all its funny, quirky, 
angles. And God's going to use it. But now you must go dig. The road to being one who would feed people as a teacher, and I believe there's a teaching gift in you, is a lonely road. It's not an overnight road. Anybody can learn 20 verses and get out there and blab. But to really unfold the treasures of the Word of God requires you to become a scribe. And that's discipline and loneliness. Everyone else out eating buffalo wings, pizza, you're digging into the Word. Amen. Father, release this grace in him now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on. Just had a couple of things. I, um, I feel like there's a person here. I don't know if you've had surgery in your neck or not, but it's just been like a chronic neck issues. And I believe the Lord wants to just bring a relief and a healing to your neck. So if that's you, I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to pray for you. We're going to just trust God to bring some deliverance. Come on. If you see uh, someone standing around you, just lay a hand on them. Let's just take a second and just kind of just yeah, keep going. Just let the Lord just kind of do what he's doing right here for, for a second. God is touching you physically, and sometimes how that physical pain just, you know, kind of puts a monkey on your brain and on your heart, just kind of wears, just wears you out. And I just feel like the Lord is just giving you just kind of like a total new lease on life that God is bringing it to you today. So, Father, we just say in Jesus' name, Lord God, that by your spirit you would touch these necks. We speak healing. We release your virtue in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Maybe even now just try to maybe move a little bit like it. Just God's grace on you. God's touch. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for that in Jesus' name. I was sitting here, and I also felt another word. Uh, I, we were doing a men's retreat last year with uh, Pastor Bob Grimm's church, and uh, all these guys up in the hills, and the Lord gave a word about um, the Spirit of the Lord coming to set at liberty those who were bruised, and there was a kind of guy over there, long beard, and I mean, I didn't know what his story was. God gave me a word for him. And uh, what he told me the next day was this. He said that he, when he was in Vietnam, he was on a kind of reconnaissance mission. Him and uh, I think he said maybe 12 other guys on a boat. They were traveling down a, a river. He said uh, an explosive hit him and killed everybody on the boat except him. And he said he, said, uh, he died. They, they, uh, a lot of his friends died in his arms. And it just messed him up. He said for 30, 40 years since that's happened, I can't remember, 40 years, I think he said, 
He says he, he, would, he had not slept a full night since that happened. And uh, his wife had got so used to it, he'd, he wakes up at night sometimes in a sweat, and his wife would just put his hand on, hand on him and say, you're in the boat again, aren't you? And I believe there's someone here today, I don't know if it's like a uh, post-war traumatic syndrome that, 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 that you have, but it's this, it's this torment that you have been wrestling with for years. And I believe today, even right here this moment in this, in this service, the Spirit of God is going to come just to lift that out of your mind, out of your heart, out of your soul, and give you rest. Your days of torment, I hear the Spirit of God saying, are over. And so if that's you, I want you to stamp on your feet. We're going to pray for you as a family this morning. And we're going to just trust God to bring that relief to your life. All right. Anybody else? It may not necessarily be cause for war. Maybe it's a, a, an experience that happened to you when you were a child or maybe just something devastating that your family had been through. But that stress and pain and heartache that you carry every day, God is going to give you a touch this morning. All right, again, if you see somebody standing, just put a hand on them. Jesus defined his own ministry. He kind of had his job description, and he, one of the things he said was, the Spirit of God is upon me to set at liberty those that are bruised. And as human beings, we, we, we get bruised in life. And when we get bruised, what happens is we don't have the mobility to move this way or move that way because we're in pain. And so we don't have the freedom to live the way God wants. But what he said is his spirit was going to bring liberty and freedom to those that have been bruised. And so, Lord, today, God, we pray as a family for our brothers and sisters that are standing. We join our hearts, Lord, with yours, with theirs. And we say, Lord, now, even now, may there be a release in the name of Jesus. God, we break these bands we break these shackles and we say be free in the name of jesus be released be free in jesus's name just right where you are just take a deep breath and just feel just blow all the old out and just take a deep breath and just inhale just a fresh uh intake of the spirit of god is free in your heart free in your soul in Jesus' name in Jesus' name hallelujah feel one more word here uh, there's a person here um, everybody gets talked about every now and then you know or somebody says something evil about you but there's a person here whose life has been greatly impacted because of false accusations and you've had to deal with that for a while and I believe the Lord just wants to work something in that situation in your heart and your life just to take the brunt and the pain and just kind of pull that dagger out of your soul if that's you just stand up quickly we're going to pray for you
This is what the Bible says. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises in judgment, God says he will condemn it. I want to tell you something. You're in good company because they spoke evil about Jesus. They said he did things he didn't do and, and all that kind of stuff. But today God just has a, I, th I think it's just a, a, a healing for you, especially the young lady with the uh, orange and black shirt. There's just a, there's just a deep healing God's going to bring in your heart. It's almost like you've almost been in the place where you'd say, you know what, I'm just tired of people. Forget them because they're, 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 I just forget people. I don't need them. But you do need them. And the spirit of God is bringing a deep healing. And I even hear the Lord say just a restoration is going to come as well too. That, that, that broken relationship or restoration is going to come. So, Lord, for these that are standing, God, we just release grace today. We release grace, healing, and restoration, and, Lord, truth. We thank you in Jesus' name. I actually talked to this couple for a few minutes but I <clears throat> before the service, but I just felt like uh, the Lord wants to come in and blow in a fresh wind in your hearts that there has been even um, things in your heart that have been in great pain and great turmoil. And the Lord wants to come in and settle your heart. Sister, I feel like there's a there's just conflicts with family and conflicts with people that are related to your family and God is want, wants to come in and bring a peace over that situation. We we just proclaim peace. We push back against the agenda of the enemy right now and we speak peace to this story. Peace to this story. It's been going on too long and the Lord is saying, "Today I intervene on your behalf. Peace to this situation. No more is there going to be this fighting back and forth and accusing and pulling even the kids back and forth. Today I speak peace. I speak deliverance. I speak restoration over your household. I feel like the two of you have found an oasis of peace in this house. As you, have, as you connect you're going to draw living water out of this house. It's going to be restoring, restoring, refreshing. I feel like it's a time where the Lord is saying, even in that story before, it's like no more drama. Now you're going to settle. In peace, I'm going to teach you. In peace, I'm going to lead you. In peace, I'm going to raise your children and raise you up in the house. Well, it's always precious to see people get ministered to, you know, and I wish, you know, you could just kind of put a quarter in us and we just prophesy over everybody. <laughs> it doesn't quite work that way, you know. It, it's, it's just not the way. You just kind of feel led, and, and as you feel led, you just kind of do the faithful thing God shares, and, and, and everybody draws from it because you, you get a revelation of the will of God, the nature of God. Like, you know, God feels that way about that person. That's the way God feels about me, and maybe... My situation is heart's the same way 
towards me. I have a, I have a picture of you two. I mean, you guys married? Okay. I'm always checking these days. I mean, <laughs> I'm in scary waters, okay? I saw my, my picture in my mind were the two of you pushing a wheelbarrow up a hill. I mean, you get like an A for like we're fighting, not against each other. We're fighting to make it. We're fighting to, you know, see the promises of God. We're fighting to overcome the past. We're, we're fighting to be a, a house. We're fighting to be a marriage. We're fighting to get our finances together. We're, we're just, I mean, you're just it's like sitting before a council. We're doing our homework. We're doing our homework, you know. But then I saw this picture of Jesus just putting the two of you aside, and he just started pushing that wheelbarrow. And God's going to bring a wind of his grace, and you're going to start seeing some things turn around for yourselves. Financially, there's just going to be, there's, there's be just a peace that's going to come into your heart, my sister. I believe God's going to deliver you. And I say this with the most utmost kindness of a guy that myself came out of a bunch of junk. That God's going to heal some real anxiety in you. You're going you're gonna to really, you don't need to take a bunch of pills. I'm not telling you, counselor, not to do anything if you're doing that. But the issue is you're going to come to a place of rest. Your mind, you're not going to be fearful of what's going to happen. And, and just draw, your mind can kind of go to some dangerous places of projecting. And God is kind of going to kind of just bring peace to that whole thing. And, uh, you know, brother, he's going to help you in your self-esteem. I mean, you've just been beat down of how you feel about yourself. And God's going to pick you up and say, I'm with you. We're going to walk this one together. And, you know, you just, just let grace go. Just let grace go. I'll just tell you a true story about myself as a preacher. I, used, I found this humorous, I found this humorous story called "Butt Prints in the Sand." It was kind of a mockery of footprints in the sand, you know. That, you know, you think, you know, why there's only one set of footprints, Lord? Well, it's because you know I've been carrying you. And this one is, you know, because you wouldn't do what I told you to do. I dropped you on your butt. <laughs> and then I, I found that that kind of a, a parody, on an atheist website. And I was really convicted about that. Jesus is carrying you. He's going to help you. He's helping you. And you're going to find just things getting easier because he's going to be working. He's been hearing your prayers, cries of your heart, going to get help, getting counsel, getting encouragement. And you're going to find like, man, he's really putting us together. He's putting everything together. I just even believe there's some past records that are going to get exonerated. I went to a guy's house in my church and he had like 50 some accounts against him on a rap sheet. And catch this, that uh, he had so many fines against him for driving without a license. He had like $6,000 of, you know, back license fees, I mean, I mean, tickets and things and fines that they just piled up. And he, and he wanted to drive with a legal license he went to a small group that was run by a cop. The cop taught him all the paths where the cops aren't so he could get to his house and not get caught. That's the kind of church we have. But, um, wow. but, he, but he said, God, I just, I just got to, he prayed. He says, God, I just want to drive. 
And all of a sudden, he got contacted by the IRS. He was in trouble because he hadn't filed for three years his income tax. So we thought I was going to get down from bad to worse. So he files for three years of income tax, and he got $6,000 back from the IRS. <laughs> I just believe somehow God's sponging your past. And there's been some things held against you that's blocked because of that. And he is now taking that away. And you're going to find some green lights that you haven't had. Yeah. Father, let this couple be at peace. Lord, thank you that we're all messed up. And Lord, you love us and you help us and you want to make us trophies of grace. This whole house is going to be a house of grace. Nothing but one trophy after another trophy after another trophy of grace. And Father God, I pray that you'll work all things according to your will and land them because they've climbed a tall hill, pushing a big wheelbarrow. And now you're pushing it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God wants to touch you. And I don't know why, so you're going to stand up and I'm just going to believe what God's going to do, speak for me, okay? Mm. Mm. If you've got a real sensitive spirit, you are very gentle inside. You have a gentle soul. But you know, the problem with sensitive people in the world is they get hurt. I mean, they get hurt. You know, like, it's just like having a wound and someone just kind of brushes up against you, you know? It just hurt. And you, you got those wounds where a lot of things can start taking place that people not even knowing that they're hurting you, but they're hurting you. And sometimes you're mad at yourself. Why did I feel so hurt by that? And it's because you got wounds that haven't been healed yet. And God's healing them. And I want you just to rest that it's okay that you're just sensitive. You watching a chick flick, wail your eyes out, okay? <laughs> but you do have to watch when you get hurt, okay? Because sometimes you're legitimately hurt and sometimes it's, a, it's just the soreness of reaction to other, of other people and situations and no one means you any harm. I, I can see it sometimes in group sessions where, in, where you're in a group where you can feel like uncomfortable, like what do I say and what do I do? And you're feeling like, you're feeling awkward and clumsy. And you, I think you can see you get in the car and go, why did I say that? That was the stupidest thing to say. You don't, God just wants to heal this thing in you. Father, release healing in her spirit right now. That God, you're, you're, gonna, you're gonna keep the sensitivity, but God's gonna make you strong. And Lord, help her laugh at herself. And you feel like you have nothing to give, but the Lord says you have great value, and so open your mouth and share. And for a while, you're going to feel awkward, weird, second-guessing yourself, but still do it. And, and God says don't evaluate yourself anymore. Just stop giving yourself a report card and just do it. You know, I never listen to myself preach because I don't want to get into a Bob conscious. I just want to be <laughs> conscious of God. So I just, I'm conscious of God. If I did something stupid, he'll take care of it on Judgment Day. But I just kind of keep moving forward. It's helped me a great deal. If I think you just analyze yourself into a, in a panic, then he's going to stop it now. Lord, in Jesus' name, amen? Isn't God good? And you, my brother, 
saw you up here praying this morning, and I just said, first, I just felt like God says, there's a good man. You're a man of authority. You have authority in you. And uh, you're a straight shooter. Man, no nonsense. But I believe, I believe you give yourself too hard of a, a report card. I believe you're harder on yourself than God is. You expect a lot out of yourself. And uh, God expects a lot out of you, but I think you're doing a lot better than sometimes you think. And God appreciates the honesty of your heart. And God appreciates that, you know, examine yourself whether you're in the faith and you know, and, and Lord, search me and try me and know my ways and show me if there's any wicked way within me. And he, I want to be a man pleasing to you in my heart. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you. But there's also delight yourself in sonship. I just see when you approach God and say, we've gotten so much into grace, we don't think God honors character. There is the fruit of his work that we're responding to, and God is pleased with those works. There are works that follow us. He said Daniel, he was a man beloved of God. As soon as Daniel started seeking God, God came, sent his angel to him. I believe when you come to God, God's excited. You say, well, I'm just nothing. It's just the grace of Jesus. Yes, but you responded to that grace. And there's a heart in you just want God with all of your heart, mind, and strength. And God is going to, God is going to just give you a great delight in sonship. So Father, right now in Jesus' name, let great peace come over my brother on who he is in you. And Lord, we take away that self-report card, that, that committee that's in his head sometimes. Let's vote on him. And they got those thumbs down. I pray you turn those thumbs up. Because Lord, all he wants to do is do your will. I mean, sometimes he's like, a, he's like a bull in a china shop, but, but Father, you made him a bull. And so, Father God, you expect him to knock a few dishes over. Lord, let him be free in who he is. And in it, I just believe ministry is going to come out of it. Confidence is going to come out of it. The gifts of the Spirit are going to come out of this. You're going to be a strength to people. You're going to minister grace. There's going to be peace in your home. I mean, something you can't, you can't lead whipping yourself. You can only lead as a shepherd of peace. And God's going to make you a shepherd of peace. So, Lord, great peace, I pray, offer him now. In Jesus' name, amen. It's a good man. Amen. Jail, it's not Ichabod but I think grace is lifted off the three of us. Amen. So be it. Who's got the mic? Praise God. Well, this has been a wonderful weekend, hasn't it? I just appreciate that word from Pastor Bob. Let's just keep, listen, loving people, loving our community. Come on, preaching Jesus. Be who we are. Come on, I don't want to be, I just want to be who we're called to be, to reach our city. And as we do that, pray like crazy. Keep the pedal to the metal. Come on, pursue the presence of God. Come on, church. We're going to see 
whatever God's doing, continue. We're going to reach our city and reach our globe out of this little town called Coeur d'Alene. Amen. If God be for us, who can be against us? And, and he's for us. He, he's for us. He loves us. Praise God. Um, we've done this, not all services. One service I almost forgot. Another service we were, were led a, a little different way. And you know me in this area, I, at least I think you do, is that you guys are a generous church and real generous of what, how, what, what you've done and how you've blessed our community. And uh, just wanted to give you the opportunity today to help cover the cost of bringing in these three ministers, airfare, motel, meals. After we cover those, if there's anything left out of this, we're, we're already going to bless them as a church. But if there's anything else out of that, we'll send it to them. Um, say this word with me, blessable. Are you blessable? I think that's a huge question. I think God wants to bless those who are blessable. Don't you? And the Bible says it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Ask your neighbor right now, are you blessable? I refuse to manipulate in the area of giving, but I also refuse to back off the principles of God. Amen? If God would lead you today to do that, praise God. If he doesn't, praise God. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. Amen? Extend your hands to them today. Let's just ask God pour back into them and bless them and you know what they'll get on an airplane today and tomorrow will be Monday and you know what each one of them pastor a church Bob and Sue together and Mark and they'll be faced with reality and we are busy people Father we just ask that you would pour back into them Father I also pray hedge of protection around them I pray no backlash we break off fear Lord, we pray a hedge. We pray the glory in their midst. We pray you bless Life Change Christian Center in a beautiful fashion beyond measure. We pray you bless City Harvest Church beyond measure. We pray you bless their strategies and their staff. And we ask that you just pour into them. God, they'd get on the airplane and go, wow, I feel good. <laughs> Grant it, Lord. Grant it, Father. Bless this offering. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you pass those? Thank you, guys. Thank you. Praise God. Man, God has been good this weekend, hasn't he? Wow. Been so good. If you got a word... Or if you want to hear the sermons, or if you would like to hear a word that someone else got, or uh, the sound will be up on our website if you're new. A great place to find out more about Heart of the City Church uh, is our website, heartofthecitychurch.com. Topher, when will they probably be up?
It's heartofthecitychurch.org. I would say by the end of next week or this, or by the end of this week, they'll be up. So what you can do is go to the service that you got prophesied over or word of knowledge, whatever. You can go to that. You can listen to it. You can record it. Um, if you want to listen to some, I would really encourage you to listen to the sermons that you was not at. They were absolutely, totally profound, profound. So why don't we just stand and we're going to close in prayer and thank you for being round six. Amen. Woo. Ryan, would you come up here, please? I, I just need you, Dr. Ryan. I want you to just come right there if you don't mind. I need y'all to do one more thing is pray over Dr. Ryan, okay? I just want you to do that as we close, as we close. Father, thank you for a beautiful sound. Thank you for the word that's been released. Would you pray with me about, we, we countered offer on Friday. Would y'all pray with me, church? You know, this ain't a J-O thing, man. We, we got to be together. We don't, don't be offended and don't get all, you know, out of, been out of shape when we move and things like that. It ain't about the building. It's what goes on inside of a building that changes lives. Come on now. Come on now. Pray with me for the counter offer. Father, we lift up that offer and we lift up the offer, the other offer that we're waiting on. We say, Lord, let your kingdom come and your will be done. Lead us, guide us. Lord, we're just taking one step after the other. Lord, we pray for, you know, we're going to probably put an offer in on the other facility on this Wednesday, you guys. Pray with me for that too, okay? Will you do that? We pray for that offer, God. Lead us on that. God, we ask favor. We ask grace, grace. Come on. Grace, grace over that, God. Lead us. Direct us. Speak to us, God, in the journey. And we want to have fun in the journey. We don't want to be all stressed out. We want a celebration in the journey, God. Father, I pray over every family here, every word that's been released, we ask you seal it, Holy Spirit. We pray protection around every family, no backlash. We pray the blessing of the Lord that makes one rich and has no sorrow. Shine your countenance upon your people, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you. Love on some next. Thank you for coming. Here's an exit up here, too that could make your life a lot easier.